Welcome to Local Matters. I'm your host, Matt Swallows. I'll be looking at topics that affect us locally in both our city, county government, statewide, uh, ongoing concerns across our community, issues we hear about and that we want to better understand. We have been doing an, uh, a series on the opioid addiction across the state of Tennessee and, and of course, locally. It started with Dr. Sullivan Smith, uh, ER doctor at, at, here at Cooper Regional, talking about the, uh, the medical view of the opioid issues. And then we had a, a two-part series with the legislative side of the issues. State representatives Ryan Williams and Cameron Sexton, they gave us some time on what they think in, uh, from legislative side and the state level. And today we have with us uh, from the law enforcement side. And we have with us Tommy Farmer, who's a special agent with the TBI, and he runs the State Dangerous Drug Task Force. And also Overton County Sheriff John Garrett. And gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having us, Matt. Thank you very much. Well, this is uh, this is a... A really hot topic it's an important topic and like anything else you know we just we want to help people understand what's going on and and maybe understand some signs they're seeing in their own home or whatever but just understand the issues with this and uh and maybe you know what's working what's not working just just talk about it in general and and and, and first uh special agent farmer i want to ask you what exactly is the dangerous uh drug task force and and what exactly do you guys do uh, formerly known as the uh, Tennessee Meth and Pharmaceutical Task Force, what we are, we're a group uh, partnership or alliance of agencies uh, from across the state. And it's a really unique. I don't know of another state that has a program that's designed like us where it brings uh, not only law enforcement together, and I'm saying state, local, and federal. We have three chiefs, three sheriffs, three district attorneys, three United States attorneys, federal agencies from Department of Safety, uh, Homeland Security, TBI, Highway Patrol, we bring those together uh, for to make up our advisory board. But we've also got other disciplines on there. We've got the commissioner from health, the commissioner from mental health and substance abuse, also the commissioner from child protective services, and we have representatives from the environmental side of the state. So we come together, and what we do is we look at those emerging drug threats and drug issues, and then what needs to be how we can do a comprehensive collective response. Uh, that we're not walking on. What we've tried to do with the program is basically remove those silos. Sheriff Garrett, uh, I've, I bet you have seen uh, a lot of issues with the opioid crisis. Now, you've been in, in actually in office for four years now. Is that right? Uh, coming up on four years. Coming up on four years. But you were in the department before that. Yes, sir. I started with Overton County uh, as a corrections officer in 2001. Uh, done a short stint in corrections and was able to get out as a road deputy and have just worked my way up way up since. So tell me what you've seen from, say, the time you started. Was this even an issue back then and, and kind of how it has, has just grown from a local level, especially? Lord, I mean, it it, it has grown. Uh, whenever I first started at the sheriff's office, we had uh, a, a diverse population in the jail and a diverse population of uh, offenders that uh, was everything from it, it was everything from homemade methamphetamine or home cooked methamphetamine. Yeah, so meth may have been the big thing when you got started, it, wasn't it? it? It was. It was a pretty big thing, especially yeah. in the Upper Cumberland, due to a lot of our rural areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the pills were present, uh, or the opioid problem was present then. But it seems that over the years there has been trends that would highs and lows as far as the the drug of choice today would be uh, maybe methamphetamine, and that would be for a year or two, and then. You kind of see the meth kind of go away for a little while. Uh, maybe crack cocaine would show up for a year or two. Uh, but the one thing that has been constant has been the problem of the opioid addiction. Mm-hmm. 
we're, we're not dealing, especially in our jails, with the inmates of yesteryears. These folks that have had severe addiction problems for an extended period of time have essentially just destroyed their bodies with the opioids. And, and that affects us in many, many different ways. And it, it affects, uh, number one, our jail medical budget. Uh, I can imagine. Along with yeah. not only that, but then you figure in our overtime budget because now we're having to get medical treatment for a lot of the offenders that we're housing. And being at the sheriff's office for that number of years, I'm starting to see the second generation of folks that these were kids running around at the house whenever oh, we would be out to the houses yeah. and uh, or certain residents and, and possibly dealing with the parents. And now, you know, we're seeing their children who witness their parents being users or addicts, and that's a normal for them. So, I mean, it's uh, th- those are some of the things that we have seen. And uh, But like I said, the one thing that, that has been a constant since I have been at the sheriff's office has been the uh, sale delivery, the use and addiction, of opioids. We're meeting today with Overton County Sheriff John Garrett and Special Agent uh, with the TBI, Tommy Farmer, talking about the opioid addiction. And we had um, had uh, Ryan Williams and Cameron Sexton, state representatives, in uh, for for a segment on this. And you know, a lot of I think a lot of folks just assume, hey, this is an opioid problem. It is just a painkiller problem. Let's do something with the stroke of a pen or whatever and get rid of it, right? So. Special Agent Farmer, you had an article recently in the Tennessean about that specifically, and and you touched on it too, Sheriff. Uh, you know, kind of the 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 drug of choice for the you know the the hot drug of this next two or three years. You know, you can't just strike with a stroke of a pen get rid of one issue because I think you've mentioned it. Other issues pop up. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's addictions, addictions, addiction. And as he's talking about the changing of the trends, we've definitely watched that whole migration. From, from methamphetamines, some stimulants. And if we look at our history, we're going to see what has followed our opioid. This is not the first opioid epidemic. This is the third opioid epidemic. Really? Never to this scale. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. that's probably the biggest issue that we're all very, very, very concerned about is that it's never been to this level or to this scale that it okay. is right now. So the affected population is much greater. But after each of those, the, the most recent of those being the heroin of the 70s, what has followed those is about with stimulants. You had, obviously, we, we followed with crack cocaine of the 80s, and, of course, the methamphetamines came in, too. And the good news is, is I can say that, uh, like the sheriff was talking about, our meth labs have plummeted about 82% in terms of domestic production. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean our Mexican methamphetamine or the availability of meth has decreased or the appetite has decreased, which it has not. It's actually increased. And so... As a, a caution for the future, we are seeing significant amounts of stimulants, both in methamphetamine and cocaine, mm-hmm. is making a significant comeback. But to that point, you know, there's things that we could do uh, to, to cut it off. I mean, can we stop the flow? It's just like with the opioid epidemic. You know, we've done a number of things in our state, and I think we've addressed very well about changing the prescribing behavior, changing the behavior both from uh, a a drug use perspective, Mm -hmm. even from a prescribing, from a practitioner's perspective. So changing the the culture, changing the behavior, and how you go about changing that behavior is much different than going in and with a stroke of a pen passing some legislation. 
So if the legislation say we reduce the amount uh, or the availability of these drugs by 50% overnight, just with the stroke of a pen, which that could be accomplished, unfortunately you didn't reduce your addiction by 50% exactly, over the same amount exactly. of time. Exactly. So what we have found, um, there's going to be a level of that anyway. And uh, as you referenced my analogy, I always use the squeezing of the balloon as the mm-hmm. analogy. You know, we can reduce it. You squeeze that balloon, and the balloon's going to react in a couple of ways. It's either going to pop, or it's going to just simply push out the top or the bottom. Uh, so if I use that to say what we're seeing with the opioids, as we get our additional resources, uh, we get the chronic pain guidelines in place, we get the controlled substance monitoring database in place, we educate, we train prescribers, families, those individuals, we reduce the diversion of pharmaceuticals, we want them to go into additional treatment options, and we're increasing those. But if they're not available, or if they choose not to, they choose to go to the streets for illicit drugs such as heroin, which now are all laced with fentanyl for the most mm-hmm. part. Unfortunately, it comes with its own host of problems, both intended and unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. And that's where law enforcement has had to really team up with our other partners um, we have to balance that approach from a safety, public safety perspective versus a public health. And I think that uh, our state has really done a lot in terms of merging those two fields and recognizing. It's an addiction problem. You know, I mean, it's not, nece- not necessarily an opioid problem. It's an addiction problem. So if you squeeze down on the opioids, other things just pop up. They, they go find what they need. Uh, we're meeting today with Special Agent Tommy Farmer, the TBI, and Overton County Sheriff John Garrett. I think really what scares so many people about the opioid issue is, is it's your 18, 17 year old kid that blows out a knee at a soccer, soccer match and he gets prescribed and then he gets hooked or it's the, the soccer mom, you know, that has a back problem and, and, and takes a few, you know, it's safe to say no one starts out wanting to be an addict. I'm pretty sure of that. Okay. But especially some of these, I guess, non-traditional folks that tend to get addicted. Uh, Sheriff Garrett, have you seen a lot of that as well? I think that that's really scared a lot of people. Me as a father, and my kids are, are really young. They're not of the age where they'd take anything like that or would need to. They're very young. But, you know, that's in the back of my mind. If they start playing sports or whatever it is and, and they get injured, you know, I'm going to kind of be watching over the physician's back on what he's writing and, hey, question a few things. I don't know if I should, but I'm a dad. I'm going to. So have you seen a lot of that too? We have. We have. Uh there's not enough time in this show for me to to describe all the scenarios that I have seen play out with good people, yeah, uh, hardworking, productive Americans. They had something unfortunate happen. They seek medical attention, and uh, the these opioids are prescribed as part of their treatment. The next thing you know, they're addicts. Yeah. They've they've lost their family. They've lost their home. Lost their and jobs. They've lost yeah. their jobs. It's 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 devastating uh, to watch because these folks didn't wake up the, with intentions of having an issue that would start them down the road to addiction. They didn't, like you said, they didn't just wake up one morning and said, "Today's the day I'm going to become a drug addict." Right. Exactly. They did not do that. And unfortunately, what happens in a lot of cases is that these folks. Uh, that we're just that we're talking about here, they don't realize that they even have a problem until 
it's too late and, and they're they're in neck deep and they don't know how to get out of it and the only thing that they're thinking about is how they're going to get their next fix or that next pill or something to make them feel now normal yeah we're meeting today with uh, special agent tommy farmer of the tbi and and Overton County Sheriff John Garrett talking about the opioid issues across the state and here locally. And when we return, we'll talk about what we can do as, as a region and as a state maybe to, to slow down this epidemic. Welcome back to Local Matters. I'm your host, Matt Swallows. And today we are meeting with uh, Special Agent Tommy Farmer, Tommy Farmer with the TBI and Overton County Sheriff John Garrett uh, discussing uh, the opioid addiction and the problems we see locally and across the state. Gentlemen, of course, I know you guys have worked together before uh, on a lot of issues. This being one of them, but any kind of drug drug issue. Um, what 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 are what's coming up, or anything that's that that you guys are doing, or maybe legislature is doing that 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 may help this issue or this um, the problem across the state. I would I would think probably the opioid crisis has now gained national attention after too many years of it spinning out of control. Mm-hmm. With that being said, uh, we have people now that have taken an interest in targeting those folks who are misprescribing or misusing or misusing their power as far as distributing the opioids out there. Uh, and, and I think that's a big step in the right direction mm-hmm. as far as local law enforcement is concerned because guys on, on a local level, we can, we can fight – these prescription pills all day long and at the end of the day we've got to get up tomorrow and now we've got two more adversaries do it again and we do it again and again and again it's almost Mm -hmm. like being stuck in a rut uh and and not gaining any traction but as as long as we're here we're still going to fight it i've said for a long time that something is going to have to happen on a national level and things are going to have to get more strict on the state level uh as far as these things being put out on the streets anything on the state level that uh or across other areas of the state that any anyone's doing that that you know about especially yeah, you know i would say first off we've made a we've made a concerted effort uh, we really have we've come a long way uh and i say that wholeheartedly the ship is in the right direction mm-hmm. we're headed down the right direction and what i think the big thing that we need to from my perspective uh we've got a lot of the right disciplines a lot of folks at the table and we're looking at it not only from an enforcement uh, trust me, we know. We heard from many times people say, well, you're not going to arrest your way out of the problem. Well, law enforcement knows that. We've known that for right. a very long yeah. time. So a lot of resources now, as he, the sheriff was describing, we are seeing a lot of resources come down. I know you guys have mentioned the, the maintenance of, of the opioid addiction and problem. Are there, there are things out there now that, that, um, that are, I guess, trying to curb the the addiction of opioids yes and are they are they working i mean you know we've done this in years past for other drugs and do they really work and and is it feasible for them to really work because it's hard to i'm sure to monitor that as well very very much so uh a couple of medications that are out now uh suboxone subutec uh buprenorphine derivatives they uh they are designed to help in conjunction with uh Wraparound treatment therapy. Exactly. It's not just uh, there's. I mean, there's two dialogues, and I don't know that we're law enforcement. Okay, so we're going to be uh, a little bit biased on. Well, that hey, we're side. looking for the law enforcement okay, view. So of this. From the law enforcement <laughs> perspective, there's either replacement therapy, 
and that that terminology really came to be after after the 70s with uh, the heroin addiction and methadone and some would argue that today the methadone of today would be called suboxone or subutex and but they are part of the medically assisted treatment programs that are coming down initiatives coming down out of federal uh, the federal government or the state and there are others that are non those are just the opioid or synthetic opioid based products those are very much and like any it's an opioid and that's the first thing i would say is it's addictive it's powerful you can't overdose on it it's dangerous in itself but it's not necessarily to desi- it's not designed to replace that person's addiction or replace their heroin use with suboxone what it's designed to do is to help them stay in uh, curb the withdrawals or some of the symptoms of, of, of being sick from withdrawing off of. Like what you mentioned, dope sick, right? They're dope sick. Yeah. Stop them from being dope sick. Keep them in treatment. So the longer they're in treatment, and I say treatment is wraparound, multimodal treatment. Right. It's a whole change in the behavior, altering the person's behavior. It's not just simply giving them another pill. And then I would also say there are other forms of the medically assisted treatment program, drugs such as Vivitrol. Uh, which is it's, it's encouraging to us as well. And many folks that are coming out of the Department of Corrections, and there's a lot of usage of it coming out of jails, it's designed to help that person, give them an implantable, long-acting, uh, and it is reversible if they were to go out and use an opioid, because that's a critical time as soon as they're getting out of jail. And they've been in jail for several months, and there's a couple of things that can happen. One, their, their ability to do the drugs, their, their threshold for the amount of drugs that they can do has diminished significantly. They are, they are becoming relatively opioid naive. And so mm-hmm. if they go back out in the streets and try or attempt to do the same amount of drugs that they were doing prior to incarceration, then that's where we're seeing uh, a lot of overdoses. Mm-hmm. So something like a Vivitrol helps them. It would make them sick. If they were to even go out and try to use that opioid, mm-hmm. it's going to make them deathly ill prior to. So those are there's a number of things. There's not one magic bullet for all of them. Right. Uh, but we have to be careful. And at the end of the day, I think our ultimate long-term goals are abstinent-based to give the person every resource that they can to get back out into society mm-hmm. and to be a functioning citizen. We're meeting today with uh, Overton County Sheriff John Garrett and Special Agent with the TBI, uh, Mr. Tommy Farmer. And Sheriff Garrett, you know, I mentioned earlier, I think one of the things that scares the general population so much about this addiction, this particular addiction, the opioid addiction, is that it looks different, I think. Um, you know, it's it's not necessarily somebody that's been hooked on drugs for forever. I mean, yeah, they may get on opioids as well, but it's it's the accidental um, addiction, uh, someone that had a surgery or has, has some back pain or, 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 or whatever. Um, but so could you tell me a little bit too, I mean, I'm assuming, and I don't know this, you're, 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 you're the sheriff. Um, but I'm assuming where folks get these drugs looks different too. I mean, it's not like we see in the movie, somebody standing on the street corner and somebody walks by and gives them a little money and they, they grab a bag. I assume this is coming out in a lot of different ways to our population, correct? I mean, very much so, very much so. Uh, the in yesteryears, everybody knew 
and especially in small communities, everybody knew who made the moonshine. Exactly. Everybody, everybody kind of knew everybody's. Where business. you go get the bootleg liquor and exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and those those days are pretty much gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say that we all have someone living in our community, uh, pro- probably multiple subjects in our community, who receive uh, prescriptions for these opioids that have no intent on using that particular opioid uh and and they're willing to sell them so it it could be it could be the guy on the street corner it could be granny down the street are there things signs that maybe we all because i think we all know people who are affected by this so the the listeners out there what can they be looking for if they if they suspect something you know kind of what are some telltale signs telltale signs for us that that there is a dealer present is it's going to be the a lot of the same methods of operation of, of yesteryears from the bigger drug dealers. If you can see a house where there's a lot of traffic, traffic's not staying long, people coming in, staying two to three, five minutes, mm-hmm. leaving. Uh, and and I, I don't want anyone to misprofile someone, but through criminal profiling, you can, with, with training and education, I would agree with the sheriff on a lot of that. When you're looking for anything that's just a different behavior, something change, a sudden change, not only with the practice. If you've got a doctor's office in your neighbor or your community and uh, the parking lot is absolutely full and then you take a closer look and there's there's cars from Kentucky or cars from Georgia from multiple states and people are driving hundreds of miles to see that doctor, as I've said and told some doctors, you may be good, you're not that good. Um, <laughs> So that, all the way down to the individual, you know, you just see a big change in behavior in the person. So the individual and their drug use, something changed. Uh, you start doing the math, you start thinking back in time, when did their behavior all of a sudden become odd? Uh, watch your medicines. Uh, you know, they're going to be going to your medicine cabinet. All of a sudden, you're, you're getting visits from family members or friends that you haven't seen in years and years and years. And all of a sudden, they're coming over and they want to see you and... And it's not long that they've got to go to your restroom. Yeah. And it's, it's very much. Yeah. So yeah. you're looking at a combination of just something's changed about this person's uh, behavior that's just odd. You yeah. don't know exactly what it is. And just what we're seeing, unfortunately, out of the mm-hmm. events that have occurred in recent history down in Florida. But see something, say something. It, that's exactly what I was about to say. I'm glad you brought that up. So if you see a, a, a change in someone, start Start paying a little more attention and maybe bring it to a professional's, uh, get a professional's opinion. Exactly. And it well. can be done anonymously mm-hmm. uh, through through our dispatch center. You can call in from uh, a block number, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, you can leave a tip uh, through our Facebook page, through the Overton County Sheriff's Office email. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can leave anonymous tips any way, form, or fashion. Uh, with our department, or you can call me directly at the office. If if something happens and I miss you, leave me a message with just a phone number to contact you back. Mm-hmm. I'd, if you're going to give me information that's going to help slow the opioids hitting the streets of Overton County, I don't care what your name is. Yeah, you know, you, I just want the information. Yeah, and and we've got a, a lot of good folks that do that. Uh, and, and it really helps with with our enforcement efforts. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you. Uh, for taking time out of your day and, and being with us. we What we're trying to do here at Local Matters is just educate the people and educate the population on what's going on. And I hope we've done that from a medical perspective, a legislative perspective, now a law enforcement perspective. 
but uh, Special Agent Tommy Farmer, Overland County Sheriff John Garrett. Thank you so much for being with us today. You've given us a lot of information. Now, just like you said, Special Agent Farmer, if you see something, say something and ask questions out there, okay? Thank you for listening to us. And, gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Go Hog Guy. (laughs) Go Hog Guy. Thanks for joining us.